When I was a kid, I was kept in the basement where I tortured squirrels with razor blades. Right on. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throne Couch Potatoes. I'm your host, Matt Baskey. I've been um, informed that the intro and outro to the first episode of my show have been cut off for some reason, and I tried to fix it, and it did not work, so you get it in this episode. This is a show uh, where I have decided in 2023 to subject myself to as much professional wrestling as humanly possible. I'm going to stuff my eyeballs full of it until my brain begs me to stop. Uh, This episode is about the matches that I watched from January 8th to January 13th, and some of the stuff that happened before that that I caught up on as well. Uh, How much wrestling did I watch? I watched 110 matches, uh, which is actually down by three from last week. I'm slipping. I'm slipping, you guys, already. This show is going down the tubes. Uh, that's okay, though. I mostly blame Raw for having a 50-minute main event that sucked. We'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, I watched 110 matches. Is that a lot? Sounds like a lot. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about each and every one of them. So, we gotta go back in time first. I wanna cover a couple of shows that happened in the first week of January that I wasn't able to cover in the first week. Uh, so starting with, uh, uh, World Wonder Ring, World Wonder Ring Stardom, uh, with their Triangle Derby. Now this is a unique tournament, it's a a trios tournament done as a round robin, like the G1, but instead of fighting people in the same block that you're in, you would fight teams on the opposite block. Uh, and every match has a 15-minute time limit, and this is the first night of it. Now, I didn't review a whole lot of Joshi on the last show. Uh, with Stardom especially, and especially with this tournament, um, I two things. I kind of grade it on a bit of a harsher curve, because it's obviously very, very, very well-produced, high, high-paced, you know, hard-hitting, technical, high-flying wrestling. That is just... I don't want to say better, but just the style doesn't apply to the same metrics that I would uh, judge a Raw match. Like, you know, if if I saw one of these matches on NXT, I would shit my pants. But when you watch it in stardom, that's just what those matches are like, and you kind of have to judge them accordingly. Uh, And I also don't want to spend too much time on these shows because I ended up watching a lot of it. So I'm just going to kind of breeze through it a little quickly. On the first night, it opened with a triple threat match. Rina versus Miyu Amasaki versus Hina. Uh, This was a pretty solid match. I gave it a 2.75, an enjoyable opener. Uh, And then we had the first uh, triangle derby match, Lollipop versus Venus Club. Uh, This was a particularly hard-hitting match. I liked it quite a bit. I gave it a 3.25. After that, Unique Glare versus is prominence prominence is a very uh very cool team i'm into them but this match i i gave a three uh following that we had gold ship versus h and m's uh that i gave that a 3.25 and after that we had my hime with c against the cosmic angels i also gave that a 3.25 uh the next match was a little less impressive seven up versus the neo stardom army i gave that a 2.75 uh i particularly like the next one Abarenbo GE and uh, Queen's Quest. 
quite an enjoyable match. I gave it a 3.25. And then the one that I would say you would definitely want to check out, the main event, uh, Rebel and Enemy, which is uh, Ram Kaichao, Maika Ozaki, and Maya Yukihi versus the Bari Bari Bombers, the uh, champion Julia, Thekla, and Mai Sakurai. Uh, the Bombers are an awesome team. This was a great match. Uh, definitely felt like a main event. It was paced a little a little better in that regard than the other matches, so I gave it a 3.5. Uh, definitely, if you like Joshi, check out all these shows. They are of a consistent high level of quality. I, I, every single one of these matches was enjoyable. I didn't find a single one boring or bad in any way. This was a great show with some great, great wrestling. Check it out. Uh, and then following that, on the 5th of January, there was a DDT show, the All Seats 3000 Yen DDT New Year Pro Wrestling Festival, uh, which sounds awesome. 3000 Yen, I'm sure that's not much. What is it, like 950 to subscribe to Stardom? And that's like 10 bucks. so, oh, geez, that's actually, I don't know if I could afford that. But anyways... I didn't watch the first couple of matches. I kind of uh, dropped in a couple of matches down the card. The first one I watched was Illusion and Makoto Oishi versus Yuki Uno and uh, Yuya Koruku. Uh, I gave this one a three. It was an enjoyable tag. Uh, I liked that Illusion, his damage just kind of did like half to everyone because he's, he's just so weak and tiny. But he made it work, and he, most of the match is him getting his ass kicked, and it was pretty fun. Uh, after that, uh, Hideki Okatani versus Tetsuya Endo. I uh, gave it a 3.25. This match was pretty fun. Uh, Endo had a really cool head scissor sequence uh, around the beginning of the match that I particularly enjoyed, and, and it's definitely stuck in my head, so I like that one. After that was a tag match, Kazuma Sumi and Toi Kojima uh, versus Shun Mao, uh, Shunma Katsumata and Mao. Uh, a decent match. Shun Mao are a, a pretty enjoyable tag team. I've liked what I've seen from them so far, but this one didn't particularly light my world. I gave it a three. Uh, following that, uh, Takeshi Masada, who I had seen in a previous good outing in the uh, last EDT show I watched, I think against Takeshita? Yeah. Yeah, he had a, a good match with uh, Konosuke. Uh, anyways, he's fighting Chris Brooks here. Still a solid match. I gave it a three. Love Chris Brooks. Uh, another three for the following match. Yuki Ishida versus Kazusada Higuchi. Uh, Higuchi is definitely... I had never seen him before, but he's a monster. It was a cool match. Gave it a three. And the main event. The uh, reason you would want to check this show out for 3,000 yen. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita versus Yuki Uno. Uh, this was a really good match for one with a 10-minute time limit. Uh, excellent strikes, as you'd expect from a Takeshita match. For its short length, this was really good stuff. I give it a 3.5. Definitely check it out. Uh, so on the 6th, there was also the second night of the Triangle Derby in Stardom. It opened with uh, Rina Amakura versus Waka Tsukimaka. This is another enjoyable opener. I gave it a 2.75. Uh, following that, Yuna Mizumori and Yu versus Lady C and Micah. I actually quite like this match. Yu especially is really enjoyable. I like her steamroller powerhouse offense. It's really cool. I gave it a 3.25. Very enjoyable match. Uh, following that, there's a tournament match, Classmates versus H&M's, which is Mayu Awatani's group. This one was a little bit uh, less solid than uh, most of the tournament matches from the last show. It was a 2.75, but still really good stuff. Uh, following that, there was an 
eight woman tag Oedo Tai, Rina Ruoka, Saki Kashima, and Natsuko Tura versus Queen's Quest. Miyu Amasaki, Utami Hayashita. That's about as close as I'm going to get. Azumi and Saya Kamitami. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm decent at pronouncing Japanese names, but Utami's fucking stumps me every time. Uh, this was a solid match. Uh, I like Oedotai quite a bit. They're a fun, uh, fun stable. 3.25. And uh, the main event of this one was Rebel and Enemy uh, versus Cosmic Angels versus the Bari Bari Bombers in a three-way uh basically a nine-person tag. Uh, this one was a little bit of a clusterfuck, but it was still very enjoyable. I gave it a three. Um, obviously, this show wasn't quite as good as the opening night of the Triangle Derby, but still a very enjoyable watch. Uh, I also checked out on the sixth um, most of the card from West Coast Pro's Can You Work Fridays. Uh, I skipped the first couple of matches, but I checked out uh, Brian Keith versus Black Taurus. Uh, this was a very exciting match. Uh, both guys were just trading huge moves back and forth. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I gave it a 3.25. Following that, Kevin Blackwood versus Starboy Charlie. It was a much more um, technical-based bout. I liked it quite a bit, but following uh, a Black Tarus match, uh, maybe this one, if it had been a little shorter, might have had a, a bit better of, of an impact, but uh, I gave it a 3. Following that, Vert Vixen versus Sandra Moon. Uh, this one wasn't quite for me. It was far from bad, but I don't really remember much about it. I gave it a 2.5. And uh, after that, the reason I wanted to check out this show, Nick Wayne versus Alex Shelley. Uh, this was a very scientific match. Both guys were doing a lot of limb torture, and uh, that was definitely the story of this one. I found it very enjoyable. Nick Wayne can already put on uh, a thoughtful and structured match uh, with a guy as talented as Alex Shelley. Oh, man, sky's the limit for Nick Wayne. I'm very excited to see him in AEW. 3.5, uh, I would say, if you like indie wrestling, uh, this is one you definitely want to seek out. And the main event of that uh, particular event was Titus Alexander, the champion, defending his West Coast Pro Heavyweight Championship against Alex Alec Price, I have it as Alex Price in my notes here, but that is not his name. Sorry, Alec. Uh, this one was pretty good. I like Alec Price, I think. He's very odd. Uh, he's, you know, very scrawny and gangly, uh, but he can do a lot of moves, and he can sell like crazy, and he, like, jaw jacks with the crowd a lot so he clearly has a lot going on but and I, i'm not really sure how i feel about him uh titus alexander was pretty pretty exciting he had some cool moves this was the first time i'd seen him i know he's very young so i'll definitely be interested to check out more of his stuff as the year goes on Another American indie I watched was Glory Pro from uh, St. Louis, I believe, Wrestlepocalypse. This opened with a four-way bout, Raheem De La Suede versus Mr. All That Matters versus Re uh, Heather Reckless versus Ethan Price. Uh, this was a fairly enjoyable opening match. I like Ethan Price's uh, turbo babyface gimmick. 
Um, yeah, pretty fun. I gave it a three. Uh, unfortunately, the next match was not as good. I gave it a 2.25. Angelina Love versus Blair Onyx. This one was kind of slow and didn't really have a whole lot that grabbed me. The next match, Rohit Raju versus Moses, uh, put it up quite a bit more. Uh, gave it a 2.75. Love Rohit Raju. He's got great offense, very charismatic. Uh, the next match, I debated skipping it, and I kind of wish I had. Dan the Dad versus Curry Man. Uh, this was uh, a long comedy match that uh, I, I did not enjoy. Dan the Dad is all right. Uh, I thought Curry Man was supposed to be Christopher Daniels, but this Curry Man clearly has long hair. Uh Christopher Daniels hasn't had hair since I was a very small child, so I don't know what's going on there, if it's the real Curry Man or what. Following that, uh, for the United Glory Tag Team Championship Grindhouse, Anakin Murphy and Davey Vega versus The Hustle and The Muscle, Xavier Walker and Karam. I gotta be honest, this was uh, not a very memorable tag bout. I gave it a 2.25. Uh, a little messy. Uh, after that, Kylie Ray versus Tootie Lynn. Uh, was another match that I feel like if it just trimmed down a couple minutes, it might have been a little uh, better presenting, but uh, it was a 2.5 from me. Just when I was thinking that this show might not be uh, really for me, finally it started to kick it up a notch a little with uh, Cody Lane versus Warhorse. Love Warhorse. He's so good at talking to the crowd. Uh, you know, he's just a very charismatic and funny guy, and this was uh, a, a, an entertaining match. And following that, for the Crown of Glory Championship, the champion Camaro Jackson against Jake Something. Uh, it was the first time I had seen either guy. I know Jake Something gets around quite a bit. Never heard of Camaro Jackson. Uh, this was a pretty impressive match. Uh, Jackson had some. Per, uh, fairly impressive power moves. Uh, I really like Jake something. He's really got something. Hmm. Uh, this was a 3.25 for me. Uh, the, le- these last couple matches kind of saved this show. It was a little rough in the middle, but uh, some okay matches. If you're really stuck for some indie to watch, check out uh, Glory Pro from St. Louis. It was a pretty good show. Uh, and then I also checked out from the 7th, I think... Uh, the night I recorded the first episode, uh, I ended up watching New Japan Strong Nemesis. Uh, this was a two-match show. Uh, it started with Hikaleo and Alan Angels. I think he just goes by Angels now. Uh, versus Jay White and El Fantasmo from the Bullet Club. Uh, if you listen to the first episode, you know my feelings about Jay White. He is one of my least favorite wrestlers, but uh, he's he's fine. And uh, El Fantasmo, I love. I've had the good fortune to see him wrestle a couple of times. He's a legend around uh, these parts where I live. Um, So very happy to see him on my TV. Uh, This was a a decent tag match. Uh, Jay White and Fantasmo had a lot of comedy shenanigans that actually worked pretty well. These guys were having a lot of fun in the match, and that definitely improved it a bit. So I gave it a three. And then following that, there was a a kind of an interesting one. It started out as a battle royal. Uh, It was the strong openweight survival match. So there was like 20 or so guys in the ring. And then the final four then had an elimination match. So uh, when it was a battle royal, this match was kind of shitty. I was not enjoying it. Uh, I was 
Very happy to see that when the final four were revealed, it was Wheeler Yuta, Kenta, Christopher Daniels, and Blake Christian, a a very strong four way. And it was when it actually became a match, it was it was really good. Um, I gave it a three point two five. Uh, love Wheeler Yuta, love Kenta, love Daniels, and I'm really enjoying what I've seen from Blake Christian so far this year. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you are a, a, the kind of person who watches New Japan Strong, which is maybe like 12 guys, uh, check this show out. It was pretty good. And then finally, on to uh, the actual releases from this week. So let's start from the 8th. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro had their City Circuit Winter Tour, and uh, I watched the first stop, uh, the first match that I checked out. I skipped the first couple and started with one that had some people that I know. Trisha Dora versus Hyper Mizao. I really liked Hyper Mizao's last comedy match. I uh, love Trisha Dora, so this was uh, was a no-brainer for me. It wasn't quite as good as either of their matches from the previous uh, show that I watched from TJPW, but this was still uh, a very entertaining bout. Trisha Dora is a very uh, talented technical wrestler, and uh, Hyper Mizao is quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, entertainer types of wrestlers. So uh, I gave this a 2.75. After that, uh, another Maki Ito tag match. Maki and Maya Kiryu versus Mia Watanabe and Suzume. Uh, pretty entertaining bout. Maki really comes off as a star. Uh, I gave this a 2.75. Uh, yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, they have to kind of keep her out of the main event scene because she can't just win everything, but she's clearly the most uh, popular wrestler there in terms of like global popularity. Uh, following that, we had uh, Wasteland War Party, uh, Max the Impaler and Heidi Howitzer, uh, the current uh, Princess Tag Team Champions, in a non-title bout, I believe, against Yuka Sakazaki and Arisu Endo. Uh, this is a pretty fun match. It didn't uh, flow super well, but I love Wasteland War Party. Uh, I love Sakazaki. This was a 2.5 from me. Um, decent enough. But not super memorable. I, I do love Wesa and War Party's shenanigans with all the Joshis, though. It's it's endless fun. After that, another tag match. Rika Tatsumi and Yuki Kamafuku versus Shoko Nakajima and Yuki Aino. Uh, another 2.5. Uh, this was the main event as well. Uh, I did not really love this show. And not a whole lot of it is really etched into my brain having watched it a week ago. But uh, as with every... Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro show that I've watched. If you like Joshi, it's uh, fairly enjoyable. I would definitely recommend you watch it if uh, you are following this particular company at all. Uh, after that, night three of the Triangle Derby from Stardom. More Joshi. We have uh, Oidotai versus Club Venus. Uh, this was not as enjoyable as some of the other Club Venus stuff I've seen. I, maybe these teams just didn't work together as well it just uh it had it stumbled a couple times but it was still all right it was a 2.5 for me uh following that lollipop versus uh the bari bari bombers it might actually be team lollipop i'm not entirely sure the translation is iffy um that was a 2.75 i love the bombers as a team but so far uh other than the first night's main event uh their matches since then haven't been the best 
but uh, maybe it's just because they've been going through some of the, the lower level teams. It's hard to tell because I don't know the lay of the land in stardom super well. Uh, following that, though, is my favorite match that they've put on so far that I've seen. Cosmic Angels versus Prominence. Uh, so that Cosmic Angels being Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki. And Prominence being Suzu Suzuki, Risa Sara, and Haragi Kurumi. I like the story of this match being that as uh, long as the Cosmic Angels were able to keep their high-flying offense going, uh, Prominence were always on the back foot, so they had to you know, kind of stop that from happening. And that did not translate into the match slowing down, which I really appreciated. This was really fun um, and by far the best of the tournament matches I've seen so far. These are two very talented teams and uh, they work very well together. So I gave it a 3.75. I'd say you should seek this one out. Following that, a tag match, Micah and Utami Hayashi. Hay- oh boy, it's so hard. Micah and Utami Hayashishta. I'll take it. Uh, versus Sayuri and Mayu Awatani. Uh, this was uh, an enjoyable tag bout. I gave it a three. I love Mayu. Uh, Utami is very talented and comes off as a, a star player for sure. Uh, yeah, I like this match. And following that was the main event, Saya Kamatami defending her Wonder of Stardom Championship against Amusure. Uh, you could definitely tell that uh, this is one of Ami's first... Uh, singles tag uh, or singles uh, title matches, I believe, and uh, this was enjoyable enough. I gave it a three point two five. Not one that I would say you should go out of your way to see, but this was uh, a solid singles match in a long stretch of shows that don't have a ton of huge singles matches. So it was nice to see a title a title belt on this show. Uh, yeah, three point two five for me. This was a pretty decent uh triangle derby show with one really really good match in the middle definitely check out cosmic angels versus prominence uh and then on the ninth we had aew dark elevation uh this one was i believe filmed in seattle so we had brian cage versus uh one of the biggest names in the seattle scene Shaf, in a big old hoss fight uh brian cage Obviously, could sense that uh, Shaft was very over with the crowd, so he got quite a bit of offense in. So this was a pretty enjoyable back-and-forth brawl. I gave it a 2.75. Uh, after that, the Bollywood boys, Gurv and Harv Sira. Or are they still going by Singh now? I, I can't... Um, it's either Sira or Singh. Maybe I'll ask him next time I see them. Uh, versus The Kingdom, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. Uh, this was a decent tag dark match, but nothing too memorable. I gave it a 2.5. Love the Bollywood boys, though. Uh, after that, we had a uh, six-man tag. The wingmen, Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth and Ari Davari versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Uh, I didn't like this as much as the last House of Black uh, six-man tag uh, from last week. Uh, this one got a 2.75 from me, but still very enjoyable. It's funny because they're against a team made up of like contracted guys, and then last week when they went against a bunch of enhancement talent, they had a better match. Hmm. In any case, uh, that was followed by Powerhouse Hobbs versus Vinny Pacifico. Uh, yeah, another forgettable match, but uh, I do like seeing Powerhouse Hobbs. I hope his singles push goes somewhere. 
Uh, we had a women's tag after that. Amira and Danica Della Rouge versus Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose. Uh, I've been liking what I've been seeing from Marina Shafir lately, although this was not the most uh, memorable bout for me. It was a 2.5. After this was Claudio Castagnoli versus Josh Woods for the ROH World Championship. Uh, Josh Woods is all right. He's a solid hand with a good opponent like Claudio. Uh, You'll end up having a good match, and this one was pretty enjoyable. I gave it a 3. Um, definitely nothing to write home about, not the best dark match I had seen at that point, and not the best dark match I watched this week. This one was followed up by another six-man tag, Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy, versus C4, Cody Chun, and Guillermo Rosas, and Sonico. Uh, some more West Coast flavor there, love C4, love Sonico. Uh, really enjoying Ethan Page's comedy heel shtick with uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. This is what he's good at. He's very charismatic. He's very bouncy and goofy. Just let him be a goofball, and it's actually pretty enjoyable. When he's a snarky heel and being all ego Ethan Page, he's very grating. But just let him be a goofball. You've seen his YouTube channel. He's... Very likable on that. Let him do that stuff. Uh, anyways, it was 2.75. I like uh, what Ethan Page and Matt Hardy are doing, but uh, yeah, pretty good match. After that, Athena versus Viva Van. Love Viva Van. I've seen her a couple times. Athena is still on her I'm going to rip through everybody and beat the shit out of all my opponents kind of bent, and this was a, another 2.75. Pretty enjoyable match. Nothing wrong with it. Following that, we had Eddie Kingston and Ortiz versus Midnight Heat, Ricky Gibson, and Eddie Pearl. Hey, both teams get an Eddie. That's nice. Uh, this was another pretty decent tag match. It was mostly uh, kind of storyline for this uh, Eddie Kingston-Ortiz. Uh, I hesitate to call it a feud because it's not really that yet, but it might be. Uh, anyways, the storyline that they're doing with the House of Black, there's some tension between Eddie and Ortiz pretty good match uh but it was a little overshadowed by the story stuff going on i feel like these two teams could have a better bout if they just uh were going for that but that wasn't the purpose of this one then we had christopher daniels versus bandito holy shit that's awesome and this match was awesome uh they had a very enjoyable back and forth christopher daniels has been doing some really good heel work lately and uh just showing off his acumen for wrestling the guy knows a ring very well and he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve and bandito's high flying is practically unparalleled i've uh, got to see him live and he is incredible this is a 3.5 really good dark match on dark elevation go out of your way to see it uh and it was easily the best match of the night and unfortunately it was not the main event because it uh i feel like kind of uh chopped the the legs off at the knee for the next match which was chaos project luther and serpentico versus best friends chuck taylor and trent beretta uh normally i like best friends and their shenanigans uh but this was not it for me i actually expected to like this match and it ended up just being okay a 2.25 so a mixed bag from uh from dark elevation here but one particularly good match that i would say you should check out and the ring of honor world championship match is pretty good too 
Ah, so then it's uh, time for Monday Night Raw. Oh, boy. So we got uh, my guy Kevin Owens taking on Baron Corbin in the opener. Oh, Baron Corbin. I uh, keep seeing you wrestle, and actually, I feel like he might have gotten worse. Like, his deep six did not look good in this match. Uh, but it's a, Kevin's own, it's a Kevin Owens match. It can't be that bad. I gave it a 2.5. Following that, I got kind of excited for this. Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae. Love both these women. They should be able to put on a banger. However, this was a WWE TV match. It was very slow-paced. Not a whole lot of moves to really get my attention. I gave it a 2.5. Uh, under different circumstances, these two could put on a red-hot banger, but not this time. Uh, after that, we had Solo Sokoa versus Dark, uh, <laughs> Dark Ziggler. Oof. Dolph Ziggler versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, this was a very forgettable match for me. I barely remember it happening. 2.25. Nothing wrong with it, but uh, yeah, nothing going on. And then, this one's a difficult one for me. The main event is a four-way tag team turmoil match, which is basically a tag team gauntlet. Uh, it starts off with two teams. The, uh, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus The O.C., Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And then later adding Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, uh, Alpha Academy, Chad Gable and Otis, and The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. I said four-way tag team turmoil match. It's actually five. Oops. Uh, so what bothers me about this match is it's 50 minutes long, and it's not terrible but so much of it is boring time wasting and you have guys like Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Chad Gable, you know like Finn Balor. I'm just frustrated that you're you're taking so much time for a main event with all these great guys in it and so little actually happened. Like Montez Ford saved this match. The last 3 minutes where he was able to do his dives was about as exciting as this match got. And it went on for almost an hour. I don't try to compare the two shows very often. But if you gave AEW 50 minutes to do a, a five-way tag gauntlet, with, and I'll just pull five teams directly out of my ass. So, like, say, Top Flight, uh, uh, jo John Silver and Alex Reynolds, uh, the Ass Boys, uh, fucking... Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy and uh, um, uh, fucking best friends. There, five teams. Give them 50 minutes. I guarantee it would be more enjoyable than this because this was just it was going nowhere and doing nothing for so long. This was a really frustrating match for me. I feel like it wasted my time. Uh, 2.75, it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but for the amount of time and resources put into this match, it's kind of unacceptable that it wasn't better. Uh, yeah, this made me kind of upset. <laughs> SmackDown's been a lot better the, the two weeks that I've been watching WWE again, but Raw has been a pretty underwhelming and kind of disquieting experience. I'd, I'd really like to see it get better. I really would. Following that, we had more stardom. It was day four of the Triangle Derby. It opened with Thekla versus Momokogo. Uh, this was a pretty enjoyable singles opener. Thekla has a really cool look 
and style, and she stands out quite a bit, and I like her a lot. This is a 2.75 match. Uh, following that, Yuna Mizumori versus Suri. Uh, Sayuri. Uh, another 2.75 singles match, pretty solid. I don't remember too much about it, but I do like Yuna quite a bit. Uh, after that was Club Venus uh, versus Lady C, Micah, and My Sakurai. This was a tournament match, I think. Lady C and Micah had previously been tagging with uh, Himeka. And I guess maybe she's injured, and now they have My Sakurai filling in. And I don't know, maybe that's why this match just didn't seem to flow super well for me. Uh, this was so far the worst tournament match I've seen. Uh, I gave it a 2.5. Uh, not terrible, but uh, not as good as what I've seen so far from the Triangle Derby. Uh, after that, another Oedo Tai 8-person tag. Uh, this time they were facing stars, Mayu Awatani, Hazuki, Koguma, and Saya Aida. Uh, this was a pretty enjoyable bout. I gave it a 3.25. Uh, Maya Awitani, sorry, Mayu Awitani in particular is is very, very talented, and I never got tired of seeing her. And I like Oedo Tai as a stable quite a bit, as I've said before. Uh, following that, the new eras, Mirai and Amisure versus Aphrodite, Utami Hayashishta. Ooh, I think that was the closest I got it. And Saya Kamitami. A uh, pretty good tag bout. Again, Utami is awesome. Her, she just seems like a star. Uh, I really hope I get to see a good singles bout with her soon. Uh, this match was a three for me. And then the main events. Uh, Lollipop, Wakasukimaka, Rina Amikura, and Yuko Sakurai versus Cosmic Angels, Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, and Saki. This was another tournament bout. Uh, Tam Nakano was uh, returning to her hometown in this match, so it was definitely a bit of uh, pomp and circumstance for her. Uh, she got a lovely bouquet before the match and everything. Uh, this is a pretty good match. It was definitely built around... Uh, you know, building up her eventual uh, comeback and, and leading to her winning the match. So uh, not bad stuff. I gave it a three. Uh, again, this one was maybe one of the weaker of the four Triangle Derby matches. It seems like there's a, a good one, a mid one, a good one, a mid one. But it's Joshi. It's stardom. It's all really good wrestling. If any of this happened on NXT, it would be like a four. So, you know, do with that what you may. Uh, and then on the 10th, it's AEW Dark, this time coming to you from Portland. And all my fucking boys are on this one. So this one opens up with Juice Robinson versus Golden Boy Travis Williams. Holy shit. Travis getting a huge match here. Love to see it. And he looked really good in this match. He had a, a fucking deadlift German suplex on Juice Robinson, which looked really, really cool. Uh, clearly, AEW has seen something in Travis that everyone in the BC scene has already witnessed and experienced. And this was awesome to see him getting exposure like this. Uh, pretty enjoyable dark match. I gave it a 2.75. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a dark match. Your mileage may vary, but love seeing Travis on this. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Following that, Emi Sakura versus, hey, Diamante, haven't seen you in a while, uh, versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. 
enjoying Ruby and Willow as a team. This was uh, kind of to get you more familiar with them teaming up before their big street fight uh, on Rampage. Uh, pretty good tag bout. I gave it a 2.75. Nothing super memorable, but I like all four women in this match, and it was pretty good. Uh, following that, Jake Hager versus Steve Miggs. Uh, Steve Miggs obviously is the SOS world champion and a mainstay in the Pacific Northwest. Didn't enjoy this one as much. Far from bad, but it was a, a kind of a goofy squash with hat spots, and I'm very over Jake Hager's hat. I'm, I'm ready to see this gimmick die, but it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. So 2.25 from me. Uh, following that, the firm, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty. Wow, what an upgrade for tag partners for, for Big Bill, going from Enzo Amore to Lee Moriarty. Holy shit. Uh, versus the Voros Twins, Chris and Patrick. Uh, love the firm, love the Voros Twins. Well, I mean, I like Leo. <laughs> I don't know if I love the firm. I like Lee Moriarty, but this was an okay match, 2.5. Nothing super uh, notable. Following that, another match to uh, get you ready for the street fight on Rampage. Teal Piper, Roddy Piper's daughter, and Kel versus Tyjay. Uh Not quite as good as Ruby Soho's and Willow Nightingale's match, but I do like Ty J. Uh, they're pretty good. This would be a 2.5 from me. I would love to see Anna J and Ty Mello in Japan, just saying. Uh, and then we have another six-man tag with Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy against Judas Icarus, the Van City Vulture, the tactical mastermind Sebastian Wolf, and some guy named Caleb Tennedy. I don't know. He's been on Dark before, but it's, it's kind of funny that just two of these guys I'm a massive fan of, and then it's just some guy on their team. But he was fine. He was good. Uh, again, marking out seeing some of my local favorites on Dark. It's very just surreal hearing Taz saying names like Judas Icarus and Sebastian Wolf. Uh, so I love this match for that reason. And again, I'm really liking what Ethan Page is doing with Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy. This was an enjoyable match. I gave it a 2.75. And then after that, for the main event, Athena defending her ROH Women's Championship against Marina Shafir. Uh, this match was satisfactorily hard-hitting and and decent enough. I gave it a 2.75. Um, I feel like I expected a little better out of these two, but Marina Shafir, she's still like a, a, a rough diamond. There's something there, and, and they're trying to get to it, but it's not quite where it needs to be. But I, I'm still enjoying her matches. It'll be interesting to see her go up against Cat Power at the next Defy show in Tacoma. Excited for that. Uh, so then we go over to WWE for NXT New Year's Evil. This opens with Tony D'Angelo versus DiJack. Wow, after last week having an absolute belter for an opener for NXT, this was not that. Uh, 2.75 for me. DiJack's all right. Not crazy about Tony D'Angelo. But this was an okay brawly type match. After that, we had a another tag gauntlet. This one... Much less obnoxious and much, much smaller. Um, it was pretty deadly versus two jobbers that they beat immediately. And then uh, Edris Nofe and Malik Blade and Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. Uh, this match was far better than the Raw tag gauntlet. Uh, it didn't overstay its welcome. And it was uh, 
was it moved along at a pretty brisk pace as well. I like Pretty Deadly quite a bit, and uh, the other two teams were not bad, so this was a three for me. Following that, what the hell, for the NXT Championship, Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. I really wanted to like this match, but uh, unfortunately it was cursed. Uh, Grayson Waller I've never seen before. Braun Breaker obviously is a, a star in waiting, and I honestly don't think he needs to be in NXT anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I liked what these two guys were doing, uh, at first and then the turnbuckle broke and they had to improvise and change their plan and it wasn't nearly as engaging and then they got going again and then the turnbuckle broke again. So obviously they're going to do a rematch. It's going to be in a steel cage. This, I don't know, from what I saw from Grayson Waller, I feel like if the turnbuckle hadn't been broken, this would be a much better match and I would rate it a lot higher, but, uh, it was a three, not bad. Unfortunately, the show takes a turn for the worse here. Uh, following that, we had Hank Walker versus Charlie Dempsey. A fairly impressive technical bout, although it didn't really have a whole lot of room to breathe. I like what I saw from Charlie Dempsey. Hank Walker, I don't know, having a guy who just looks like someone's dad wrestling jeans. Not a great look, NXT. Just saying. They have quite a few characters that wrestle in normal clothes right now, and it's, it's, it's weird. I don't know what that's about. Uh, after that, we had Jinder Mahal arriving in NXT once again to fight Julius Creed. I don't remember much from this match. Julius Creed is decently impressive. I'm not a Jinder fan. 2.5. And then there was a big women's number one contender, Battle Royale. Um, I gotta confess, I don't remember much about it other than Saul Ruka doing her Kofi Kingston thing. I feel like this should have been the opener and it would have been a lot more enjoyable and then put the NXT Championship match on in the main event, but it also, that match broke, so what are you going to do? 2.75, I'm usually not crazy about Battle Royals, but uh, this one was, it was okay. Overall, NXT New Year's Evil was a bit of a disappointment. Its best match was hampered by some technical issues. I really wanted to see something better out of this. Honestly, uh... This didn't feel like a special episode, you know? Like, they started doing these NXT specials because AEW was doing them, but AEW does a lot to make them feel like mini-pay-per-views. This did not feel like a mini-pay-per-view. This was a bit of a, a bit of a letdown. You know what did feel like a mini-pay-per-view? AEW Dynamite this week, opening with, oh shit, John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. This felt like a huge match. Could have been on a pay-per-view easily. And it had some pretty good build with uh, Hangman coming back from his concussion angle. And they played that pretty well in this match with a lot of callbacks. Uh, a very good storytelling brawl. I gave this a 4 out of 5. These two guys are absolute pros. And a match between them put on by Tony Khan, who doesn't give you garbage matches on TV that feel like they should mean something. Uh, this was never going to be anything other than a good match. 4 out of 5. Definitely, definitely check it out. After that, we had The Firm, Big Bill, and Lee Moriarty versus Jungle Hook. Jungle Boy and Hook. Uh, this tag team of Jungle Hook is AEW's future, pretty much, because both these guys are red hot right now, and they're only going to get better. Uh, this was... 
it, it could have been a disaster, but this was a pretty solid match. I gave it a 3.5. It had some very uh, entertaining sequences, some cool visuals, especially with Hook standing up to Big Bill, hoping they get a, a singles match later on down the line. Yeah, I really like this one. It was a 3.5. Uh, following that, the match that I was most excited to see, Konosuke Takeshita versus Brian Danielson. Fuck yeah. Uh, This is in a uh, series where Danielson has to wrestle increasingly more difficult opponents until he can wrestle MJF in a one-hour Ironman match at AEW Revolution. So for his first opponent in this uh, line of dudes he's got to beat, I got to say, Takeshita, oh man, he is something else. This match, unfortunately, had uh, the wind taken out of the sails a little bit by uh, a pretty obnoxious mjf promo beforehand i understand that he's doing this because he's been cheered a lot over the last few months and he's really trying to squash that out i get it i just wish it didn't hamper this match in particular to do it but brian danielson is in a program with mjf so it makes sense however these guys were still able to fight back against that, win the crowd back, and turn this into a fantastic bout. I gave it a 4.25. That bastard driver into a German suplex that almost looked like a wheelbarrow. Oh, man, Takeshita's awesome. I think he was by far the best wrestler I saw this week, and this was one of the best matches I've watched so far this year. 4.25. Go out of your way to see it. Watch this whole show. Uh, and then after that, a women's tag match, Tony Storm and Soraya versus Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this match because there's a lot of controversy online about whether or not Mercedes Monet was supposed to be there. I don't really want to get into that, but uh, as a match, this was fairly solid. Uh, but Soraya... I don't know if she has ring rust or if she just like missed out on some crucial years of her development. But so far, I haven't seen anything in ring from her that suggests that she'll be able to do a successful main event program in AEW quite yet. Uh, Like, I feel like if she were to go for the title right now, uh, people would be shitting on it. So hopefully uh, she's given some time and and space to really you know get her footing again and and get back to where she was before her injury but other than that uh this was a fairly enjoyable match and Jamie Hader and Dr. Britt Baker are over as fuck Jamie especially they were very smart for putting the title on her 2.75 not not too bad at all and finally, the main event, the finals of the AEW World Trios Championship Best of Seven, the Escalera de la Muerte match, Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, El Zero Miedo, and Rey Fenix versus the Elite, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega. Uh, I'll just say, since I didn't review any of the other Best of Seven matches, because they all happened last year, they're pretty much fours across the board. Like, none of them are the best match ever, but taken as a series, this best of seven was pretty incredible. Uh, I would be really interested to watch all seven matches back to back to back to back to back to back um, just to see how they stack up that way. Because individually, none of them are, are, are world breakers, but all of them are very high-level wrestling that, uh, you know... 
it's the elite and death triangle. What the fuck do you expect? Uh, so yeah, a four for the main event fours across the board for uh, best of seven. It's by far and away the best uh, seven match series pro wrestling has ever seen. And one day we'll look back and, and really appreciate what these guys did. Cause dang, they took a lot of injuries during this thing. Like, oof. glad it's over. Glad both teams can move on and all of it was enjoyable, but, uh, I'm sure they're exhausted. Cause I am really solid dynamite. It should have been one of the best shows ever, but unfortunately most of the non match segments were not the best, so it was kind of a mixed bag, but three incredible matches, three matches that are some of the best wrestling I've seen so far this year, just two weeks in, but uh, yeah, great stuff from Dynamite this week. And then it's time for the main event, WWE main event, that is. Uh, this one opened with a singles match, Akira Tozawa versus Odyssey Jones. It's nice seeing Akira, and uh, he did some some good comedy bumping to try and get over Odyssey Jones' power. But uh, yeah, this match was barely serviceable for me, 2.25. And following that, we had Von Wagner versus Mustafa Ali. It's interesting that both matches here are take an NXT guy and pair him with somebody who was in the Cruiserweight Classic. Not a terrible idea, honestly. Uh, this match was a little more enjoyable, mostly just because Mustafa is very likable. And uh, he's got some really cool moves. He's a very slick and talented wrestler. Love seeing him. Sucks he's on main event. Yes, 2.5 for Von Wagner versus Mustafa Ali. And then we go over to NXT Level Up and the opening matches. Hey, it's Von Wagner again. What the hell? Versus Oba Femi. Wow, literally two Von Wagner matches released on two different shows in the same day by WWE. Do they think he's the next big thing? Because I sure don't. Uh, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. But uh, you got more Wagner than you can handle in this week. Uh, this was not a good match. Uh, without a seasoned vet like Mustafa Ali, Von Wagner cannot put on a compelling match. In my eyes, I gave this a 2. It was just barely not bad. Following that, we had Isla Dawn versus Jakara Jackson. Uh, Isla Dawn, of course, was in last week's worst match uh, against Alba Fire in the Extreme Resolutions match. This was thankfully better than that, but not by a, a terrible amount. It was a, a pretty forgettable match, 2.25 for me. Um, I feel like I had something specific to say about it. I only watched it yesterday, but it's it's gone from my head now because it's NXT level up. And then following that, the main event, Duke Hudson versus Damon Kemp. All I can really tell you about this match is that Duke Hudson is in the Chase U stable, which is like a fictional university, and they have their own section in the crowd of people who pretend to be from the school and cheer for all the people in the stable. I like that a lot. That's really fun. It's really stupid. Unfortunately, this was not a good match. 2.25. As usual, the Thursday C-Shows put out by WWE is some pretty dire material. Not great, wouldn't recommend. Uh, also on the 12th was Impact Wrestling. Uh, here we started with, wow, a WWE match from 2010. It's Brian Myers versus Heath. Um, 
I'm not a huge fan of either guy. I don't mind Heath, and he's actually gotten quite a bit better in ring, I think. He had some uh, some pretty all right moves. His top rope power slam was pretty cool, uh, but this was not an amazing match. I gave it a 2.5. After that, uh, Rosemary versus Savannah Evans. Uh, I hate to say that this is the only bad match I watched in the entire week. Uh, Rosemary doesn't really do it for me. Her strikes are not great. Uh, her gear didn't look great. This match was just kind of sloppy. I gave it a 1.75. Sorry. Uh, after that, much, much better. We have Speedball Mike Bailey versus Anthony Green. Uh, this is a Speedball Mike Bailey match. I don't know if he's capable of putting on a match that's lower than a 3. Uh, I feel like I'm going to be watching a lot of Speedball Mike Bailey because he gets around. So, you know, we'll see. But he's fucking incredible. I never get tired of watching him wrestle. He's so, so, so good, which is what everyone in the wrestling industry is being reminded of now that he can travel again. Three out of five, good match. And after that, the main event, it's the old trick of take a bunch of guys who are feuding and divide them into teams. We got Moose, we got Macklin, we got Eddie Edwards, and they're up against Joe Hendry, Jonathan Gresham, and Rich Swan. Uh, this was a fairly enjoyable match. There's some guys I like in here. I like Gresham a lot. Joe Henry's pretty good. I know Moose is a piece of shit, but he's an alright wrestler. Uh, this was an okay six-man tag. It was a three. Uh, not a terrible impact this week, but not an incredible one either, but some, some solid matches. You give me Jonathan Gresham, you give me a speedball Mike Bailey, I'm gonna be a happy guy. And then it's the 13th, Friday the 13th, and we got, well, for one thing, we got SmackDown. And we open with, hey, awesome, a Gunther match. Well, he's Walter to me, but Walter had, you know, love handles. And this is this is some different, leaner, possibly meaner. No, he's not meaner. And... <laughs> It's Gunther. It's Gunther, everybody. Little Gunther, little Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm really tired, and I watched a lot of wrestling this week, and unfortunately some of it had Braun Strowman in it. Uh, I love Gunther, and he made this match all right, but Braun is just... Ah. I don't take him seriously anymore. They've kind of ruined him. He wears normal guy shoes. He wears a tank top with himself on it. And, I don't know. He just doesn't do it for me. Now that his whole monster push is, is dead and buried, I don't know what WWE are doing with him again. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I would have let that one go. But this was an okay Intercontinental Championship match. I want to see Gunther get some better opponents, please. His match with Sheamus last year was obviously great. Uh, moving on. Zia Lee versus Tegan Knox. Uh, this was a fairly good striking match. I gave it a 2.5, but nothing crazy, nothing super memorable. Another women's match followed that. That was significantly worse. Liv Morgan versus Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, honestly, Liv slapping Raquel backstage before this match the slap was better than anything that happened in this match and that's unfortunate uh but then for the main event the whole reason i was excited to watch smackdown this week is my boys Sami Zayn versus kevin owens wrestling for 
I think Kevin said that he's actually wrestled Sammy like 360 times or something like that. Uh, I would watch them wrestle every week if I could. I would never get tired of it. These guys have incredible chemistry. I know Sami Zayn, after his double rotator cuff surgery, is nowhere close to the wrestler he used to be, but his character work is incredible. He makes you believe it. He has so much creativity, so much going on in that brain that just is 100% feeding on wrestling all day. I love watching these guys wrestle. And uh, the fact that they were doing this again has me really hopeful that they will put them in a tag team against the Usos for WrestleMania. That would be lovely. Please and thank you. Because uh, they're definitely not going to do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. <laughs> I wish. I wish Sami Zayn would main event WrestleMania. That would be validating. But... Uh, 3.5 for this match. I don't think Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens could do worse than that. You know, even even for a SmackDown TV match, this was really good stuff. So uh, I, I'd say check it out. Uh, and then uh, the same night, we, of course, we have the show that y'all been waiting on, Rampage. This is Rampage, baby. Yeah. This is Rampage. Yeah. Opening with, for the TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Juice Robinson. Uh, another entertaining Darby TNT match. There's probably good, just going to be one of these every week, uh, and that's fine with me. Uh, Juice is another guy who's very capable of throwing Darby around, uh, and that's always good to see. Uh, very, very good title bout. 3.5. Definitely check that one out if you're an AEW fan. Next, we have the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King versus Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. I was very excited for this match. Eddie Kingston and Malachi Black are probably my two favorite wrestlers uh, in the game at the moment. And uh, this was really solid. Um, it's making me really want to see an Eddie Kingston and Malachi Black singles match, but this was really good too. I gave it a 3.25. Just the only reason being is that I know like Malachi Black and Brody King's style is like precise chaos and all these crazy spots. And we didn't really get that in this match because there was a lot more storytelling going on. But that's fine. This was still really solid. 3.25. And the main events, a street fight, some gory self-mutilation. Ty J, Ty Mello and Anna J versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot has been said about this match. All I will say is that if you have a problem with anything that women do in a wrestling ring, suck my dick. Uh, I'm so tired of hearing the same old discourse that is always done in bad faith, saying that women shouldn't bleed, women shouldn't use weapons. It's fucking wrestling. It's fake. Get over it. Um, regarding the actual match, Really good stuff. Love Ruby. Love Willow. Uh, to a lesser extent, I, I, I enjoy Ty Mello and Anna Jay. Their non-wrestling is a little grating to me, but when they're actually in ring, they're a really good team. And this was a fun, bloody, hardcore brawl. Not as good as Ty J's previous uh, street fight tag. I like that one quite a bit more, and this one repeated some of the spots, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Ruby bled everywhere, and uh, it was pretty badass. I gave it a 3.25. I'm not crazy about hardcore matches most of the time, uh, but 
this was uh, an enjoyable one, and I, I like that they do these these women bloodbaths every once in a while. You know, keep everyone on their toes. Also on Friday the Thirteenth, we have Impact Hard to Kill. Uh, I was fucking stoked for this card. It looked so good, and I'm happy to say that it actually exceeded my expectations. This was an incredible show. Let's go through it, shall we? Opening on the pre-show for free on YouTube. My God! We have Angels versus Yuya Uemura, Speedball Mike Bailey, Delirious, Mike Jackson, a 73-year-old man, and Kushida. What the fuck, Impact? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, winner of this match is number one contender for Trey Miguel's X Division Championship. Uh, this was an enjoyable scramble with some incredibly talented wrestlers in there. Um, there was some cool spots, and Mike Jackson is insane for doing a suicide dive at his age, but it was pretty cool. Um, a bizarre match, but one that I'm glad exists. I gave it a 3.25. It's free on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh, and then following that i don't understand why this is on the pre-show the actual x division championship match between trey miguel and black taurus damn y'all this is a good match oh boy uh black taurus obviously is one of the most exciting young luchadors around right now and trey miguel i haven't actually seen a whole lot of but i was very very impressed uh this match uh this match didn't just put its foot on the gas pedal and keep going. I appreciated that it had some uh, some storytelling as well. Uh, Trey Miguel is a very, very talented wrestler, and I'm excited to see more X Division Championship matches with him in the future. 3.75, insane for a pre-show match. Uh, you should really go out of your way to see it, even though it, you know, with a little more time it could have possibly been better. Uh, I would have put this on the main card, to be honest. Great, great match, and I, it made me very excited to watch the rest of Hard to Kill. Uh, so, for the main card, it opened with, for the Impact World Championship, Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray in Full Metal Mayhem, which is a hardcore match with a lot of metal implements. Uh, God damn. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying this in 2023, but I really enjoyed this Bully Ray match. Uh, his heel work was outstanding. The start of this match was so good. Bully knows he can't wrestle Josh Alexander even for a second, so he just tries to murder him as quickly as possible. Uh, this was a very, very enjoyable hardcore match with uh, some sequences of uh more story type stuff that some people think might be a, a little drawn out uh, i couldn't get enough of this and i kept kind of marking out to how much fun i was having watching the full metal mayhem match uh josh alexander in particular took some crazy ass bumps there was thumbtacks there was ladders there was chains uh yeah this was booked to bully ray's strengths and he looked so good in the best shape of his career I'm blown away by how good this match was. It was a 4 out of 5. I would recommend it. I would recommend you watch this Bully Ray match in 2023. 
up next, we have a four-way elimination tag bout for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. The champions, the Motor City Machine Guns motherfuckers, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley versus the major players, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers versus Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, and versus Heath and Rhino. What can I say? It's a Motor City Machine Guns match, and uh, this was enjoyable stuff. I appreciate that uh, the match recognized that the two teams you want to see fight the most are the Guns and Bullet Club, so eventually they clear the ring and allow them to do that, and when that happens, this match gets significantly better. I gave it a 3.5. Very, very fun match. Um, Major players did not drag it down nearly as much as I expected they would. Following that, we had Joe Hendry versus Moose for Hendry's Impact Digital Media Championship. Uh, this was alright, following everything else that's happened on this card so far. This was the first one that felt like it slowed down the show a little bit, but that's gotta happen eventually, that's fine. This was a three, if you're already watching the card, no reason to skip it, is enjoyable stuff. Uh, after that, a four-way for the number one contendership to the Impact Knockouts Championship. Diana Perrazzo versus Masha Slamovich versus Taylor Wilde versus Killer Kelly. Uh, I like all four women in this match. This was a very enjoyable scramble. Uh, I liked how many multiple-person spots there were. I like how people were just kind of trying to get into the match. And, oh, shit, I got hit with something that's like some tornado of of bodies. It's just going around destroying everything. Um, It was a little messier than some of the other matches on this card, but still very enjoyable action. I gave it a 3 out of 5. Uh, the only lower moment to this show, I'd say, was Rich Swan versus Steve Macklin, Falls Count Anywhere in Atlanta. Uh, I didn't hate this match, but it started off pretty rough. The cameras they were using for the backstage segments had really terrible audio, and that definitely distracted from the quality of the match. I also find it weird that it's Falls Count Anywhere, and it starts outside the arena and then goes into it. It was kind of weird. And the other thing is, if you call it Falls Count Anywhere in Atlanta, I kind of expect that you're going to go more places than just out to the street for like 10 seconds and then back in. As usual, Impact creates a match that in name has so much potential to go places, and then they just don't go any of those places. And This almost felt like a, a, a TNA match than, than an Impact match. Um, but... It ended up building to some pretty nasty spots on the outside of the ring, so I didn't hate it. It was a 2.75. And then your uh, penultimate match for Hard to Kill is uh, Eddie Edwards versus Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham is possibly easily in the top five grapplers in the world. He is so, so, so slick. He does moves that would look nondescript done by somebody else and he makes them look fantastic Uh, I never get tired of watching this guy this was less of a a technical bout and more of like um, a mental chess match between these two Like Gresham could destroy Eddie Edwards in seconds uh, if he just grappled him but he tries to kind of prove how much better of a wrestler he is by kind of uh, wrestling different styles in this match and Gresham can do it all. Uh, this is a 3.75. Never get tired of watching Gresham wrestle. And this was a very enjoyable bout. And then your main event 
for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Jordan Grace versus Mickey James. If Mickey James loses, she retires from professional wrestling. Um, wow, this match. Uh, sometimes I feel a lot of companies can be guilty of putting a women's match in the main event simply to have a women's match in the main event. And I feel like that usually does both wrestlers and the show a disservice if it's not done correctly. Uh, This did not have that problem. This absolutely should have been the main event for this show. The build felt huge. The stakes felt huge. And not only that, Full Metal Mayhem works better as an opener than a main event. I feel like if the crowd had been confronted with a, a crazy hardcore match at this point in the show, it wouldn't have landed nearly as well. Uh, this match was incredible. I mean, Mickey James had a, a spectacular entrance, spectacular gear, and Jordan Grace is a fucking tank. She is absolutely one of the best wrestlers in America. I feel like since she cut so much weight, like, I hate to say it, but she's just improved her game so much. This match wasn't a spot fest or anything. It didn't need to be. This just told a compelling story. And even though I knew going into it that, you know, Mickey James isn't actually retiring, uh, I was still on the edge of my seat. There were so many spots where you thought she could lose everything right in front of your eyes. Uh, the most compelling match I watched all week. This is the second best wrestling match I've seen so far this year. Please go out of your way to see Jordan Grace versus Mickey James. It's so awesome. The presentation was done to the best of Impact's abilities. They put every resource they had into making this something special, and it really did feel special. Uh, Incredible match. Loved it, loved it, loved it. 4.25. The only thing I've seen better this year so far in these two weeks was Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega. That's about as high of praise as I can give it. Uh, And overall, I would say hard to kill... One of the best shows I've seen in a long time. There was only one match that I felt like stumbled uh, to any particular degree. Most of the matches were an incredible easy watch. They were memorable. Everyone just felt like they were giving 110% because I feel like Hard to Kill is kind of the show where Impact reminds you that they have a really fucking strong roster and they're giving it 110% to make this as good of a wrestling show as they can possibly make it. I am so glad that Impact is hard to kill. I'm so glad that they're around for this resurgence and they have so many talented wrestlers who believe in the product. This was a fantastic show. Uh, It's really got me excited to see another Impact pay-per-view. What can I say? Uh... Definitely check it out. If you watch one wrestling match this week, make it Jordan Grace versus Mickey James. And it would be very uh, poetic if that was the final thing I had to talk about this week. But also, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Nemesis happened. Yeah, remember that show? I don't even know if it's going to keep happening for much longer. They keep saying it might get canceled. But it was on. And it opened with Che Cabrera versus Mascara Dorada, otherwise known as Grand Metalik from the Cruiserweight Classic and Lucha House Party. It's cool seeing Dorada in a, like a wrestling company that puts on a lot of wrestling. Wrestling. Um, it would be nice to see him against some of the uh, other junior heavyweights in New Japan. I'd like to hopefully see him in the uh, Best of Super Juniors this year, which I'm actually going to watch for once. 
this was an okay match. I gave it a 2.75. Dorada does crazy rope stuff, as always. Uh, solid match. Nothing to write home about, but it was fine. Uh, following that, we had a six-man tag. Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, Bobby Fish, and Danny Limelight versus Eddie Kingston, Homicide, and David Finlay. Uh, hot damn. I love seeing Eddie, and uh, seeing him tag with Homicide again was pretty cool. Uh, this was an alright six-man tag. Uh, most of it was built around not letting Eddie Kingston in the ring, so obviously it could be better. But Tom Lawler is very charismatic, and uh, Bobby Fish, he's an asshole, but he's a good hand. He can wrestle a good match, what can I say? And your main event from TMDK, Bad Dude Tito, and from United Empire, Jeff Cobb. This was a big ol' Haas match. Yeah, not a bad bout. These guys uh, traded some big moves back and forth. The crowd was pretty into it. Good stuff. Good stuff indeed. For an hour-long show, New Japan Strong Nemesis has been very enjoyable stuff. I would be happy to watch this every week because, who knows, there might be a real special match sprinkled in there every once in a while. So those were all the matches that I watched between January 8th and 13th. Uh, of course, the best match, Jordan Grace versus Mickey James. The worst match, also from Impact, Rosemary versus Savannah Evans. I'd say the best wrestler this week that I saw was probably Takeshita, um, just because I, I did happen to watch two matches from him, and they were both pretty spectacular. And uh, the best show, by far, Impact Hard to Kill. Can't say enough good things about it. Very, very, very easy watch and uh, two particularly good matches on it. I'd say the worst show was probably NXT Level Up, but there wasn't anything too terrible on it. And most mid was Monday Night Raw. That main event really just sucked the life out of me. Uh, And it wasn't even that bad, but just... uh, 50 minutes to build to, like, one good dive. That's Raw for you. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you did check this out, I appreciate it. And hey, I actually finished in a a decent amount of time this week. Look at that. Going to be back next week with more wrestling. It just doesn't stop, does it? It just, they just keep making it. And it just keeps, it just keeps coming out. Anyways, I'm Matt Baskey. Follow me on Twitter at Matt Baskey. You can follow the show at Throw Taters Show. Uh, And uh, yeah. Smoke weed and watch wrestling. (laughs) 